you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is an unbelievable call. This is like going for the onside kick against Peyton Manning because you don't want him to get the ball too many times. You don't think you can hold him out. And here we go. This could decide the game. Fourth and goal. Uh And they're going to snap it. And it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles. Touchdown. How do you figure? David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Don't know if you heard the news. Number nine, no longer in dark green. Now he's in teal. Green? Is that what teal is? Is green? Or is it its own thing? Kind of like chili isn't exactly a soup. It's its own thing. Either way, that's what Nick Foles is going to be wearing in 2019. Hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well wherever you are here in Studio 66. You know what? We finished last week by having a Philadelphia area guy named Ross Tucker in. And uh, great reviews on that as always when Ross Tucker stops by. Um, Big fun there. Go back and listen to that one. Today, another Philadelphia icon. One half of the first couple of Philadelphia seated to my immediate left, the mister to the great Colleen Wolf, John Gonzalez from the ringer and beyond. What's the poop, fella? My man. First time without uh, my significant other on your show. Yeah, yeah. I've never I don't think I've done it solo. I'm pretty sure you have. It's always the wolf couple. I'll take Mr. Wolf. Uh, so Mrs. Wolf is usually, let's yeah. start here. Mm-hmm. You're you make your way in the world. You you Ish. keep an eye on uh, on all sports, of course. Well, not every sport. You know, people say, like, I like all sports. But do you like all sports? I don't. You don't. You don't like no. hockey. No, I'm out on hockey. You baseball it feels good to say that. I got a lot of heat in Philadelphia for saying that because like you're huh. required constitutionally to like the Flyers and all four sports. 
It is kind of like the hipster thing. If you're a sport, if you're if you're a self-proclaimed sports fan, you have to like the hipster move is to be like, oh yeah, my favorite team is the local hockey team, right? Is Spaghetti, it? isn't that like the cool? The cools like hockey, right? Yeah, I think so. But I also think, in a sense, if the Flyers were really, really, really good, there would be kind of like that fever would like trickle in. You'd be like, "Oh, this is cool to go along with it." Does, I, it doesn't work for you. I, I've covered the Stanley Cup, and uh, they made me. It wasn't something that I felt super excited about. It is. This is I, a confession. I didn't mean. I didn't. Well, your that thing this is, is basketball. Be a therapy session. We'll talk about that. We'll right. talk some pro football. But I will say about hockey, it does feel like a weird contrivance. If you're, I, I, I always resent when people say people who don't care about sports, as a for instance basketball. Sure. When they deconstruct things to make their point, like. Everybody cares so much. It's just a bunch of guys and t- tall guys <laughs> running back and forth, throwing a circle through another circle. Like, yeah, if you get into that deconstructionist kind of logic, you can do that to anything. Like, you know, what's what are bikes? You know, <laughs> they're just like metal, but like with wheels attached. And that's how you get around yeah. pizza. Like what's what's pizza? Really? It's just some bread and some cheese. And that's good. You've thought a lot about this, and I appreciate that. I'm I'm for what I'm for people liking whatever they like. Ah. Uh, it's just that for me, uh, hockey's not really my bag. But if it's your bag, but it that's is a great. weird contrivance though sure. that it's like yes, do the thing. Like the goal is to score goals to put the circle thing into into the rectangle with a stick. Oh, also do it on skates. That part is hyper impressive. Uh, it is impressive. I can't skate at all. My wife, as you know, an accomplished figure skater mm-hmm. at some at one point in her life, and has taken me out skating uh, and would terrorize me by like dragging me around like a small child and doing twists and turns and things. And it's not really for me. I'd rather emasculating be on land. or no, you're cool with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, there's plenty of other reasons I've been emasculated. You just throw that on the on the pile. So you do your you do writing and you do mm-hmm. podcasting over there at the Ringer. You do. Um, your boss is Bill Simmons. Yes, that's your guy. He's my guy. You guys are tight. You have sleepovers. You make forts oh. with the couch cushions. Oh, as, as Simmons will tell you, we're natural enemies in the wild. Well, um, just in the fantasy league, I thought. Well, I mean that. I mean, of course, that bleeds into pro football. Did you, you know? win this year? No, I did not win. Oh. No, I I won last year, okay. and then had uh, in our league. Um, you get to per cousin Sal's creation about a decade ago. Find this fascinating. Well, it it, it seems fun. Yeah. But it is not fun. It really <laughs> it isn't. It's amazing. Like half the league sincerely enjoys it, right. and the other half of the league desperately hates it. Because they want to be in every year? Yeah, who wants to get kicked out? To talk about uh, humiliating. I, having your significant other skate circles around you is child's play <laughs> compared to having to pick up your stuff and walk out of a room filled with grown-ups you know and say, goodbye, see you next year. You don't even get to stay for the draft. you got to no, go. No, you're kicked out. I love that idea. And also, I think I would secretly root for it because fantasy's a lot, and sometimes I don't want to do it. Well, I mean, that's – let me – so what we do in our league is the reigning champ gets to kick out whoever they want survivor style yeah but not until the night of the draft and everybody has to be gathered before the announcement can be made and we do it the night before the season kicks off so if you have no other fantasy team and you get kicked uh, out you're high and dry for the entire the whole season. year's done yeah so that's those are the stakes in doing that and simmons big move is which which i i mean which i can't stand 
is because it's like <laughs> don't it, get me it, fired. It, it think listen, he thinks he's playing mind games. Right. And and by the way, he was sure I was kicking him out this past year because I won in 2017. I heard him talking to Sal about this on the pod. Yes, yeah. and in 2017 I won. He's like, damn it, I hope he kicks me out. Finally, I'm gonna get kicked out. And that's like he thinks he's playing like like he thinks he's Obi Wan Kenobi. And he's and he's messing with the stormtroopers mm. in uh, in uh, what's the name of the any of the Star Wars movies? What's that? Oh, the first one, Star Wars. Please tell me you know about the Star Wars. Yeah, of course. Okay, New when Mo- they're on Moss Eisley, that's where they are. All right, when they go when they go into the bar, the canteen, yeah. just before Kenobi pulls up in the Land Cruiser with uh, with Luke and company, and he's like, "These aren't the droids you're looking for." And they're, and then the stormtrooper goes like, "These aren't the droids we're looking for. Move along, move along." Simmons thinks he's doing that to us, and I resent it when he's like, I hope I get kicked out. That's what I want. I don't want to be fantasy's dumb anyway. I don't want to be in your league. And then, like, he doesn't get kicked out, and I know so you he— didn't kick him out. I think he, he, he thinks to himself, like, I did it again. I did the mind trick on everybody. <laughs> I made them think I wanted it, so they didn't give it to me what I wanted, but secretly I do want it. I know he doesn't want to get kicked out, but I had uh, a couple other people in my— and then— because I'm a coward, when it came time to to do it, mm-hmm. I felt bad. I don't like, I, you know, I'm a man of peace. You're a softie at heart. I'm a man of peace, you see. So I then decided in the moment, whoever shows up last has it coming. And that's a sort of a message. But, we had a time to start. show up on time? Kick out. This- I, 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 because then otherwise it's a subjective thing. And then I have to hurt your feelings. Like, here's why you're getting kicked out, because I don't like this about you. This is a very Tom Coughlin move of you. What I did was, I guess so. And it's ironic, too, because people can tell you that Dave is uh, perplexed by keeping uh, sure. a tight schedule. But anyway, um, yes, I'm glad you were here so I could tell you this story. But anyway, <laughs> this. the um, what I did, though, which was a which was a particularly clever move, I must say, because <laughs> I don't you say like so it. yourself. Simmons is with me and Kevin Hench, who I think you know, and a couple, maybe a couple other people who hate this thing, who hate getting kicked out or the, or the looming threat of getting booted. Um, so I had Mark Garagos draft a document stating that if I don't kick you out, a legal document, wow. that if I don't kick you out this year, you cannot kick me out for the next five years. And everybody has now signed it, saved the team that I kicked out. Right. So as long as they don't win, I'm clean for five years. And by the way, that's genius. I, I could have done it for 20 years, but I'm, cl- I'm too classy for that. But I just Clever did five and years. classy if you do say so yourself. That's right. I like it. And soft on the inside. And soft. In All a, the good in things. In a sweet way. Yeah. In a sweet way. I hope I get kicked out. <laughs> If he ever says that to you, he means the opposite. He's okay, trying to I'll Jedi keep, mind trick. I'll keep that in mind if we ever end up in a weird fantasy league together. Now, anywho, yes. the ringer booming, and especially it seems to me where uh, the NBA coverage is concerned. I like to think so. I think yes. you're doing okay. In large part because of you. and Very uh, small part. Well, I mean, it's a... It's Tangentially, a, maybe. Accidentally. Well, it is a great team covering, yes, uh, that's covering true. pro basketball these days. So let's start there before we dip into, because one recurring theme, as anybody who listens regularly to the DDFP can tell you this offseason has been plagued, I guess, for some people by my by my point that there is no one who has more pressure on them in 2019 NFL than one Carson Wentz. Now, maybe uh. he feels relieved with the new big new deal, but you could also make a case that the local media and the crush of 
the fans and everything else, if he is bad and it's late October, early November, and the team is scuffling as good as the roster is, that will only increase the heat on number 11. Screams for Nate Sudfeld. Right. That'll be, I mean, like everybody loves a backup quarterback everywhere, but especially in Philly. And like, I, I don't know if what your statement about uh, the most pressure in the league, you mean it writ large for the league, but certainly provincially in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I know. I mean, the, the guy in that situation, I'm not talking about what yeah. we'll be talking about in, in California. They're nutcases. I mean, and I, and I say that because I come from the nutcases. I am one of uh, mm-hmm. uh, myself and, and I love them. Uh, they're my friends and family, but Nick Foles is a a very nice player who won a championship for them and Godspeed. And I wish him well in, in teal green. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. I want nice things for Nick Foles. He seems like a nice guy. I've always had uh, nice interactions with him when when we've been in press conference settings. By Uh, the way, it's interesting to think that Nick Foles could very well have vanquished the same Jaguars. And I won in the Super Bowl had they had Miles Jack, fumble recovery pickup run it into the end zone counted in Foxborough it would have been Eagles Jags and then I wonder because I like to ask what if about pro football what what if that had happened would Nick Foles then have still gone and in fact would Nick Foles have even won the Super Bowl had he had to play that mighty 2017 Jaguars defense would we be talking about something completely different that Blake Bortles is the man yeah, that's uh, that's a mind melter for me. Mm-hmm. I the idea, the prospect of the Eagles somehow losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the Super Bowl as opposed to beating the New England Patriots. Not quite as fun. I really I was there. I, I saw it. I saw Tom Brady drop that. Pass. That would have diminished the deed, right? I, w- I would have gone to Minnesota for that. I didn't want to go to Minnesota. Colleen made me. Uh, she said, you know, what's the opportunity here for the Eagles? Like, how many times do we think the Eagles are going to be in the Super Bowl? I've got these tickets. We should go. I remember talking to the Wolf about that and saying, oh, you guys are going to have the best. She's like, yeah, I think I think he's going to go now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He might not go to the su- the Eagles are in the Super Bowl and he may or may not go so let, let's walk it through here you weren't going to a flyers game that was that wasn't in your on your schedule keeping you I out of there certainly wasn't doing that but as a philadelphian who had uh experienced nothing but heartbreak with the eagles my entire existence you're keeping your eye on the process you didn't want anything to come off the rails there well no it was just like what are the what are, what are we talking about here it's me leaving california mm-hmm. in uh late january early february where it's nice mm-hmm. to fly to a place where uh, while it is a, a nice city and I like the people, very cold. If you want to do the Star Wars thing, it's Hoth. It's Hoth in America. Fair. And I don't okay. own a jacket. I burned all of my coats when I left Philadelphia because you don't need them here. So then I got to go to Minnesota to watch the backup quarterback try to beat the greatest team I of the last you. 20 okay. years. Okay. That seemed like a lot to me. Then I thought, well, if they somehow pull this off and I had an opportunity to go and I don't go, I'm going to kick myself forever. So whatever percentage chance they have of winning this game, I should just take it and suck it up and go. And I I won't go outside unless absolutely necessary. And that's exactly what happened. They have those tunnel things or the Mm -hmm. walkway things. Uh, They did have a lot of those. Yes. They had a lot of those. That's kind of the deal with, uh, you know, for anybody who is is wander, uh, not wander lusty, but wander curious let's say, and you haven't really made it out of your own little provincial uh, neck of the woods. Mm. Um, you're okay going to the places that understand that they that that their region um, is susceptible to extreme cold. Yeah. 
Where you don't want to wind up is where places that are on the fence, like Dallas, when it snowed at that Super Bowl. Yeah, it's weird. It paralyzed the city. What yeah. do we What do we do here? Minnesota was like, yeah, it's cold out. Yeah, yeah. it's always cold out. Yeah, we. They, that's why. That's why. You, like you say, like you walk in the overpass thing yeah. between the buildings. We're we're equipped for this. They built that on purpose. But the other the other component there, there were a lot of variables. And again, ultimately, I decided to go. But I don't know how it is for you. But in my spare time. Mm-hmm. I generally don't like to just watch other sports for fun. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I'm in on the NFL. I'm mm-hmm. in on football. It pays the vast majority of our bills, and thank you for that. Uh, but in general, like, I'm not going to s- plop down on a Saturday and watch a rando baseball game. So the idea of, like, hey, this weekend I got to get on a plane, which I have to do for work anyway, I hear to go you. watch more sports. But again, it worked out great. Way better than losing to the Jaguars. No, I know it's it. it I'm I have this. I suffer from the same thing. It's called laziness. And yeah, or, that. You know what? Actually, that's disparaging ourselves, and I won't stand for that. I it. have a feeling that you and I park our cars in the same garage. And what I this isn't negative about. This isn't about the wolf. About uh, about my family or friends. You know, it really is my best friend, the one who's always been there for me, decade Bill after Simmons. decade. TV. Mm. And you know what? I feel bad turning my back on TV. (laughs) TV does so much for me. He's always there for me. When everybody else goes high and dry, TV in my childhood, in the teen years. Oh, I'm going over to you going to that kegger at at, uh, Bruno's house today. Like, I don't know. Bruno's not a good name. I don't know where that one came from. But anyway, you know a Bruno. um, I didn't know. Uh. I don't know. The only Bruno I can think. Well, Sam Martino, the the, uh, living legend who no longer is living, the uh, WWF star. Um, And then Bruno, who was uh, made the good movie, the the fake. Yeah, yeah. That was a funny movie. But anyhow. Uh, when everybody else was going to the keggers, I wasn't. I was in. You were hanging out with your best yeah, friends. No, my sisters. They were off at parties. Even on, even my parents. They were out and about on a Saturday night. Left Dave you was alone. At home, except he. I wasn't alone. Right. Because I had TV. You with had me. your friend. And so I feel bad leaving TV behind in the big moments. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go to the fancy game. But TV's like, all season. I, I all season we've been hanging out, living and dying with these games, and now you go. Got to dance with who brought you. Thank you. But anyway, I'm glad you did uh, leave your comfort zone. and uh, I did, I, and I'm glad to. And got to pay witness to that. But anywho, to the matter at hand. First, well, first of all, there's a weird thing in sports that certain guys only thrive in certain uniforms. And I can tell Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass. This is a hockey reference, but it's the only one that really comes to mind. Hi. Alex Kovalev was not good. I mean, he was fine. There were flashes here and there in, in, in other situations. But only with the Pittsburgh Penguins did he truly thrive. Um, and Nick Foles, yeah. in his journeys around the NFL, he's been a bust everywhere. And it really is just the jersey. It's not the coach because he did well with Multiple Chip coaches. Kelly, too. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, not a lot of people can operate under that kind of weird... Uh, again, provincial ethos where it's uh, win at all costs, otherwise mm-hmm. you got to go. And he's sort of, he's a, a quiet guy by nature. He's not super demonstrative. He doesn't play into that typical Philly grit. Like, you know, you hear like he's not a Philly kind of guy. I, I still don't know what the hell that means. Uh, generally, it means, you know, loud and brash. He's the opposite of all those things. And yet somehow fit in perfectly there. I hope, however, that that continues in Jacksonville. I hope it works out for him. And also, I hope Mike Shirk can get some uh, some good material out of him for the good place. Because, you know, Blake Bortles got 
I mean, so many That's jokes right. on that. So I hope Nick Foles gets some jokes on that show. That's right. That's yes. a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I, I feel like uh, for uh, for Nick. And by the way, I, I do like the idea that the self-described uh, Philadelphia natives like Nick Foles isn't a Philly guy. Like what? Polite and uh yeah and encouraging nice. to his guys right. his other guys like yeah it was, we win that's what's most like <laughs> that is not philadelphia that's not what we stand very for very unusual um so anyway it'll be interesting to see if he thrives down there i think he's in some trouble for the record that uh, i i think in a defense dominant division all four of those uh, afc south teams figure to have really good defenses once again and so i think the thing that wins that division are the couple of special plays. In fact, on Move the Sticks, um, Thomas Dimitrov was just on, and he said, like, you know, it's it's something you want to – everybody likes to be super egalitarian when it serves their purposes, like Peyton Manning mm-hmm. when he throws the big pick in overtime against the Ravens way back when, when Joe Flacco's on his run. Everybody liked to be like, hey, it's a team game. Can't hang that on 18. Raheem Moore blew the coverage at the end of the game. Like, yeah. The one guy's a Hall of Famer who makes way more than Raheem Moore. Doesn't he have to carry more of the load in that situation? Um, uh, so anyway, yes. Great power and responsibility. You got to you got to carry your guys if you're supposed to be the guy, right? That's right. That's right. That's Just right. like you do. Right here at DDFP. I don't know about any of that. Um, okay, so let's talk about this. Is let's I got I, I got to, oh so what I was going to say is. Dimitrov said you do need star power Mm -hmm. and that is the difference and Julio Jones is a difference maker and you can't get distracted by all that uh, all that uh, serious football guy talk about team game in the locker room and everybody's got to come together for one purpose perhaps all true but you still need the star to be the star in fact Bert Breer uh, who you may or may not know the Boston-based scribe, or at least used to be, now with SI, used yes. to be here. Um, got a lot of heat for joking online. Which about time? It. Well, he gets yeah. it a lot. He yeah, Good point. All the times. He showed a baseball, whatever it was, some sports trophy that his kid won. Yeah, I saw that. Uh. And he made a joke about, like, I had to break this, and everybody took him uh, seriously. And so he got a lot of junk for it from the residents of Mount Pius. And, I, you know, listen, as somebody who was a hanger-on, of course, I like my participation trophies. Sure. But to that point, even at the highest levels, isn't everything a participation trophy when you are a hanger-on to an exceptional star? Isn't – I mean – it's not the the 12th guy on the Raptors can't feel as good as Kawhi feels today. Right? Jeremy Lin barely played. Got a ring. I'll take it. I mean, you, you get to go on the parade float and drink wine with uh, Marcus all and. But Nate Sudfeld, but I, I buy the point that, you know, yes, participation trophy, harumph, not, not good for kids. But Nate Sudfeld is proof. I would take it. Wouldn't you take it? Of course I would take yes. it. Yes. And and it's the old adage about the best job in, in the NFL is the backup quarterback or the third string, the guy who carries the clipboard. That sounds awesome to me. I don't have to get hit and you're going to pay me money and, you know, I get to enjoy whatever spoils my team has reaped. Sounds good. I'll do that. By the way, I like Nate Sudfeld. I hope he gets a shot. Who's your legend? Long, long lineage of uh, who's your great son. You're Senator. like a secret, even though you're a Pittsburgh guy, you're like a secret Philadelphian at heart because like gravitating towards Nate Sudfeld is going to happen. People will be calling for him and you're already You there. think so? So yeah. that's your final answer is that Nate Sudfeld at some point, the boo birds in uh, Philadelphia will say like, get rid of this Wentz, put in the kid. The insurgency is already forming. They're they're having secret meetings. They're, they've got... Uh, cabals that we don't know about yet and they'll 
they'll emerge. Weigh in on this one then for mm-hmm, me, me philosophically. Do you think if you were a Patriots fan, I'm trying to think of what the very difficult for me to wrap my head Philadelphia around equivalent of my uh, of one of my favorite uh, arguments to create is, uh, and that really is what it is, just creating it out of basically thin air. I suspect you've done a whole career out of that. It's really think, impressive. Thank you, thank you, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. If you love Tom Brady, Hard. and if you're Tom Brady uh, himself, you know Tom Brady. He's so competitive. Mm. He certainly doesn't want the Patriots to be good the year after he retires, right? Sure. That would be bad for his reputation, for his legacy, if they go 12-4 and and go to a Super Bowl, right? I I think, right, you'd like to think that he's benevolent and magnanimous and would root for his old guys. No chance of that. But if they just keep on keeping on without him, what's that say about your guy? So if you're a Brady guy, Mm -hmm. if you're a Patriots diehard, don't you want them to kind of want them to go seven and nine for one season? Because it kind of isn't fun. As we all listen to the serious football guys, I think we've bought in a little too much because it makes us seem smart to to praise. I don't think you understand what uh, the value of what Sean McVay has done to pro football and <laughs> Bill Belichick's a wizard. Like, so we root for coaches now. That that ain't fun, is it? Like, that's what we're into is coaches. No, but I do. Th- I mean, like the the people who are smart probably have an advantage in any enterprise, right? And so, if those coaches uh, have succeeded because of their intelligence and the schemes that they put in place, and they're able to shuttle players in and out and continue to win, good for them. But yeah, no, that's not fun. I although, I guess it's a, a continuation of just rooting for laundry, right? I mean, those guys who come and go come and go, but the rest of us stay put, right? Like, I always say that the real owners are really the fans because we've been sticking around forever. What did I say, Spaghetti? We park our cars in the same garage, me and that. Uh, it's Gatsu, a good garage. That's exactly right. That I Convenient. always say when when players or otherwise start giving me the business when I we and us it with the Steelers or any black and gold team, I always, I, I, I immediately call them on. I'm not I'm not shy about giving them what for for that. We and us, you weren't in the game. I was like, <laughs> yeah, guess what? I was watching uh, 35 years ago. Where were you? You've been with the team for 18 months. I think I care more about what happens to this team than you do. You have equity. I, I draw for me personally. I don't do the we and us. I understand people who do. It doesn't bother me at all uh, because, again, you've been you've been you have sweat equity in the enterprise. That's right. Thank you. I, at least I appreciate your support with that. Now, I also want to hear about uh, your thoughts on OJ on, uh, <laughs> okay. on the Twitters. Sure. Um, are, are we but, doing that now? Well, I keep teasing the basketball. You tell thing, me so, when you're ready. Well, you know what? There's a football show, and OJ, I don't know if you heard, did used to play football. He did. At one time, he did a lot of things in his life. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard. Um, including searching for people. I think that's searching for ongoing now into to be continued decade now. Um, OJ Simpson. What do you think? Uh, Twitter's a cesspool. kills me. I've been getting, I don't know how you interact with Twitter these days. If it's changed, if your habits have changed, you know, now like with your iPhone, it'll give you how much time you spent on your phone per week. Uh, and then, Oh, it does. It can. Yeah. You can turn on like a, a report of, like how much screen time you've had. And then within that, it breaks down individually what apps you're using. Frequently for me, uh, Twitter and sports apps and um, Slack are the highest. And then I've started to gravitate away from it. I, I, as you see here, my phone is down, not just because we're doing the podcast, normal protocol, but also because I'm trying to get off of Twitter unless I'm using it for work because it makes me angry. The blood boils. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of this is to say OJ can be lumped into that. Uh, do I need O.J. Simpson's thoughts on these things? Do I need Magic Johnson 
giving me one quick line of, hey, congratulations to the, the Warriors or the Raptor. I don't. I don't need these things. I don't need them in my life. I want to see what you're tweeting and Colleen's tweeting, uh, maybe the Around the NFL guys, and then I'm going to do this. I'm I wonder good. how much damage it's actually done. That's a different conversation for another time that will require several hours. But uh, the damage that social media, which seemed like such a, a fun and and actually infotaining thing, you know, really, yeah. it is. it remains the thing that I would say that defends Twitter in defense of it. It remains as people give me that you're on Twitter too much. You know, it's the best. First of all, as a aggregator, as as a promotional resource, it's something you must do. So that's one rationalization I have for using it. But two, it also exactly aggregates the news in almost real time. If you're watching Twitter, you will see what's breaking in the world more quickly than you will if you're watching, you know, CNN or otherwise. And I'm trying to keep it to just that. Right. That I'm, I need information for my job. I also need to get the content that I'm producing out into the world. So that's like a two way street. And that's something that I could use it for. And I think it is beneficial for that. Things that fall outside that purview, I have tried to distance myself from. And again, I think OJ probably falls into that. Uh, this is a bunch of other stuff that I don't need in my life. Uh, I'm going to go think, over here and look. Is there a desperate um, online provider that will give OJ money to make football picks or otherwise? If there is one, it's probably Barstool, right? They'll, they'll probably come after me for that. But like if it, like uh, water seeks its own level, feels like that that would be a good match. Mm. Spaghetti, what do you think? From what I've heard about OJ, he's like he posts up shop in the same bar slash restaurant in Vegas and like talk shop with anyone that wants to come up to him regardless. So I mean, he's going to do it from, I mean, look, the guy is probably guilty, but like I, I have an issue with people who get mad at people for following him because it's like, who are you to say who you can or can't follow? Like I follow because I want to see the train wreck. Like I think that's totally fine, but I mean, I'm, I don't feel really strongly one way about him joining another. I guess it it's, you know, it, it's not as morally reprehensible as people would have you believe. Did you give him a follow? No, I'm not following. I, I don't need to hear from OJ, but I, I, I do think that people do get up on Mount Pie. I'm conflicted about that one. I well, don't I don't I, I think it's not a weird I, I think it's a kind of a weird thing to plant your flag on that. I am on the right side of justice because I am not following OJ <laughs> Simpson on Twitter is like, a, yeah. if that's the strongest stance you're taking then uh, you're not doing enough like in the he, world. He, like, an hour ago, he tweeted something about uh, fantasy advice or whatever. about like. <laughs> oh, he did? That's yeah. exactly what I was like. Just... <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes, Baker, and, like, Todd Gurley. And, like, he, he's, he said a lot about, like, who he's looking for. And, like, I, if I, I wasn't following him, I wouldn't have seen the really funny replies of people be like, I know you found the ones who you're looking for. And so, like, he's in the joint. Just... He was in the joint. How would he know what's going on in pro football? That's like I said, it's a train wreck. It's funny to watch. Yeah, uh, this isn't a moral thing for me. It's just more of a, my own personal uh, mental state. I'm going to just try to all right. Let's move all that stuff. Um, let's talk instead yeah. about uh, what I really wanted to hear from you about. Make okay. some sense for me. Tell me about uh, about uh, the and I'll make a larger point about Anthony Davis now joining the long and proud lineage of uh, Lakers centers. Anthony Davis now in the Lakers uniform after one of the weirdest phenomenons that uh, that I've seen since I moved out here 20 years ago and it, Chris Paul and uh and that little 
uh, blip with Blake Griffin and all that uh, a few years back, it seemed like, wow, the Clippers might actually be better than the Lakers long term. And then that quickly fell apart. But now the Clippers are, in fact, better than the Lakers, despite them having LeBron James, the best player in the game this past season. So the Lakers had to do something dramatic, especially with all their uh, front office nonsense. Craziness. So go ahead. Make some sense of what this means for the Lakers and for the Pelicans. So for the Lakers, it's been uh, a wild ride in the front office recently. I mean, Magic Johnson quitting on television and not telling Jeannie Buss that he was leaving, even though he loves her and she's his sister. That was insane. I mean, like in real time to be watching that. Really, truly insane. And then right afterwards, like if that had happened to me, if were I a bus and Thank God I am not, despite all the advantages that they have in life. Were I a boss and were I in charge of, uh, you know, one of the two most historic franchises in NBA history? If Magic Johnson did that to me, despite the fact that Magic Johnson is a Hall of Famer and an all-time Laker, I'm going to tell Magic, hey, man, maybe don't come around for a while. Like, let's let's cool this off for a second because you just quit on all of us in public. And this is very strange. And you threw everybody under the bus and then continued to do so. Instead... Like a, a week or two later, Jeannie and Magic went to dinner and she put a picture of them cheesing on Instagram. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is the same guy who just quit out from underneath you without because she's, giving you a heads up. What are you doing? That's protecting the brand. Is that's it? how I, I think it makes that. the brand look more foolish. I I agree, but I think, I think in her take. mind, it's not good long term when the living Lakers fans hold magic up higher than anyone else with the possible exception of Kobe Bryant. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's what uh, Rob Polinka's existence in the organization is owed to, which is ironic, too, because as I always like to remind Kobe and his supporters with the Lakers, he's the ultimate Laker. Yeah, then why did he want to get traded and just about did to the Bulls? And that wasn't his choice. He didn't pull out of the deal to the Bulls mid-career. The Lakers did. Um, so it's weird that Polinka is now the man. And, and correct me if I'm wrong again. It was the rift between Magic and Palinka that drove the legend Magic Johnson out, or was it his own ineptitude and he's pointing the finger at the Rob Lowe lookalike? All of the above. I mean, uh, from all indications and everything I've heard in the reports, uh, Magic didn't really like going to work to do his gig. And then uh, on the other side, Rob Palinka just sort of looked around after this whole thing and he they needed somebody to do this work, and he's still doing it for reasons surpassing understanding. I think this trade with Anthony Davis is a classic. I'm in a spot that's tenuous as a general manager. If I make this move and it works out, fantastic. This could save my job in the franchise. If it doesn't work, they're going to fire me anyway. So I might as well you know, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks and hope for the best. And it's going to be awfully difficult for them to round out the rest of the roster because of uh, the salary cap constraints. But if I'm Rob Palenka and they're still letting me pull some of the strings, I might as well pull as many as possible and you know, keep my fingers crossed. I get it. Um, do you think... LeBron at this stage in his career. And by the way, I th- I, I like to your point uh, at the top of the show about watching other sports, I, you know, practically it's difficult with, uh, with my gaggle of children. Yeah, you have right. a lot. They keep it's multiplying. Like, They're like gremlins. Like four to... Feeding them after midnight. It's not. I know it's not a double digit yet. That's all I know. <laughs> but I mean, like there are a lot of them. You're going to have to tag them like animals in the wild. Something like sure, that, yeah. but pro brand them at least. Yeah. So like, oh yeah, you're one of mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like um, the... Um, but uh, so I haven't I didn't get to watch a ton of regular season NBA. So I kind of missed a fair chunk of LeBron's virgin run in the purple and gold. Was it was was he 
misbehaving? Was he just, or was the team that bad? Was he, or was he pouting? Because that was the insinuation I picked up from the, or from the images I saw on the aforementioned Twitter machine of him sitting at the other end of the bench from the rest of the team and all of that. Yeah, the body language stuff on that wasn't great. He was hurt as well. It was a weird, weird season. I thought it was going to be, because it's always been, if you've got LeBron, you're going to be good. You're going to make the playoffs. He hadn't missed the playoffs since I believe his second year. Uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I just thought, put them on that team, put a bunch of guys around them, they're going to be fine. And as it turns out, that's not the case. Uh, that team that Magic and Rob assembled couldn't shoot at all. Well, but that was weird, too. Super weird. As far as I'm concerned, because I, I, I and I've talked with some, um, I'm trying to think of who it was I talked to, who is a high-end basketball player, about the the notion of struggling to catch and shoot. Yep. That if you're that if you're a ball dominant guy uh, for your entire life, like Brandon Ingram, that it's a weird adjustment that you're merely tasked with. Yes, find open space on the perimeter, catch and shoot, and knock it down. But it seemed like they had the pieces to do that. But uh, with with LeBron, yeah, I mean, get get below the foul line, pitch it back out, knock it down. That's uh, how the Cavs went to so many finals. Yeah, well, the the more recent vintage Cavs, it was very the idea was surround LeBron with shooters and instead Rob and Magic surrounded him with not shooters. Mm. They brought in JaVale McGee and Rondo and Michael Beasley and Lance Stevenson, uh, who in addition to not being able to shoot are they have a reputation as maybe not being like the greatest for your chemistry. So I thought Look out like, Raiders. It was just very. What do you strange. think about the Ra- so are the Raiders then going to be Lakers? Super excited about Hard Knocks. Richie, oh, I, I can't mean, wait. Richie, for this. Ab, and Vontez all together. Huh? Give me all of it, and then you've got the front office situation, and you've got Gruden, and it, well, do you think? I mean, imagine that Gruden and Mark Davis. I mean, all incredible. Levels. It's going to be the best. Will- I said we march on I don't know who NFL films I guess if they try to choose any team other than the Raiders. The, this has to be the greatest hard knocks since the Cowboys eras, right? I mean it has to be. Well, that yeah, I like what was his name again? Dave Campo. I yeah, always like it's the same I thing as that team. It, did you really? Yeah, in Dallas, yeah. Wow. Back when Randall was there, yeah, that whole Is thing. that the weirdest one of uh, the weirdest example of Mike Brown was pretty good too when he was the Lakers coach for two games. Yeah. Clay Helton I think it's weird when franchises, these uh, the most iconic and luminous franchises in sports, have coaches like Dave Campo. I think that uh, it's weird. It ain't right, whether you like them or not. Like they got to have a name, you yeah. know. I don't care who it is. He has to have some track record of doing. I don't know what, but he's he's got to be somebody. You can't have Clay Helton be the coach of your team. Yeah, it was a weird situation. With Set, Dave. By the way, Lakers in the same situation now. Yeah, with basically with Rob, where everybody looked around and said, "Well, somebody's got to technically do this," even though it's like some uh, conglomerate of uh, the Rambuses and Jeannie and whomever, but it's, you know, somebody's got to get on the phone and call the other general manager and say, hey, what do you think? Uh, sort of, Rob. But yeah, with Campo, was, somebody's got to call these plays, right? Like, we're, we're going to need practice. Can somebody do this? Like, I mean, he couldn't even Campo. he couldn't even do the, like, let's get it together. One, two, three, team. He couldn't even do that. You know, the team didn't care about him what enough. What is he to even doing do these it. days? I have no idea what Dave Campo Bless Dave Campo's to. heart. I'd love to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd, uh, I'd be intrigued. So, okay. So now as it stands, LeBron... 
Anthony Davis, yep. Kyle Kuzma. Yep. That's a good three. Who was a, apparently, evidently, a sticking point in the trade negotiations in the Magic version. Oh, it's Spaghetti. Well, go ahead, Spaghetti. Yeah, Break the us. big news. This is exciting. He's a consultant for the Trojans. <laughs> ah, <Yeah>. okay. Sure. <laughs> Good that's, work if you can get that's it. That's great. What a talk about. I can we do a college football equivalent of uh of hard knocks? We that need that great. at USC because that's a good one as well. I'm on board with it. All right, go ahead. Paul. Uh so those three. Yes, yes. Kyle Kuzma was apparently a sticking point in the original during the season before the trade deadline negotiations. Uh the then you know, front office for the Pelicans wanted to include Kuzma and now this current front office decided to get a pick instead of Kuzma. I guess the Lakers didn't want to give up Kuzma because somebody else has to play in addition to Anthony Davis and LeBron. And also LeBron really likes Kyle Kuzma. You mentioned the shooting. Stand over there, fire up some threes. You're going to see a bunch of that from Kuzma next year. But who else they get is going to be complicated. Can they get Kyrie? So I've heard a lot about uh, the Ks, Kemba, Kyrie, and Kawhi. I don't see how any of them end up there because the cap space... the. The rules, I'm not going to bore the DDFP audience here, but the general gist here is... Or it's host, because it's not that I'm bored by it. I'm, I have no facility for, for high-end Cap math. space yeah, and I numbers and the whole thing. I don't understand it. Let's do I, this. I chose this as a career to avoid that kind of talk. Let's do this. Had they pulled uh, filed some paperwork uh, in one way, they could have had a lot more money, but because of the way they got to file the paperwork now, they're going to have a lot less money. And to get the guys that we just mentioned, they needed the more money that fi- right? paperwork file. It's that simple, a screw-up? It's like the fax machine thing with Elvis Doomerville? Like, we screwed up something in the front office, and now we're going to pay for it No, no, they didn't screw it up. um, The Pelicans have some say in all of this, and, like, when the trade becomes official, and because the Pelicans uh, wanted, rightly, a lot to give up Anthony Davis, they also wanted... Uh, the paperwork to be filed that more in their favor because the pick that they got, they, they're hoping to flip to somebody else and it makes it a more attractive asset. And again, more money versus less money. They're more likely to have less money than they would need to get those guys. So mm. they're still going to need to fill out this roster. And the debate around the league right now is how much of the the less money allocation do you give to one really good player, maybe not a superstar, and then take the crumbs that are left over and you know, veteran minimum type of stuff? Or do you sort of chop it up evenly and try to get some like average to slightly below average guys and pat out the roster with more capable players? Well, how, well, first of all, I wonder in, in uh, both of these true in Los Angeles right now, I keep saying about Phil Rivers, wouldn't it be the saddest irony for a guy that kind of kept a team relevant ish for so many years on a, uh, on, on what for many years it was a, depleted offensive line and uh, so on and so forth. If Phil Rivers finally on what is uh, close to the most loaded roster in the AFC is the weak link. How likely is it, no matter what the Lakers do, if they add some decent role player guys around Anthony Davis, who some would argue a year ago was the best player in the NBA, Kyle Kuzma, a rising star. How likely is it that the reason that the Lakers don't look good based on this new approach is because LeBron James is no longer the LeBron James we've come to know over the last 15 years? That would be fascinating. I suppose it's a possibility because at some point time comes for all of us. So there were no signs because, like I said, I didn't see LeBron. So there was no indication of his play that he's like, wow, he doesn't look so good anymore. His counting stats were still mostly there. Maybe his efficiency numbers were quite as good. He had the it was hard to gauge because it was a new team with a new roster. uh, And also he suffered what was one of the longest stretches of being out because of an injury in his career, if not the longest. I'd have to go back and look at it. 
it's a possibility. Yeah. And I mean, this is literally something that I was wondering when this all went down, where I thought like, does LeBron have a bounce back year? Because immediately the second that they got Anthony Davis, they shot to the top of the Vegas odds to win the NBA title next year. And I thought, is that true? Because if it, for it to be true without the rest of the roster, you have to get the LeBron that we saw during those, you know, battling the Warriors for the championships and winning one and ending the Cleveland drought of 50 years, that version of LeBron, not the version of LeBron this past year where he went, I'm uh, pretty good still, but maybe not that great. And also, uh, I'm a little banged up, and I haven't really elevated these young guys, and I'm going to go away for a while, and I'll see you next season. If they get that guy, then it's going to be difficult. It is weird because, and by the way, credit to uh, Simmons, he's the first guy who I, I at least recall identifying the the notion of you your three max contracts have to be dominant players and the reason your Sixers were not going to be good mm-hmm. um he predicted 11 years ago is because Elton Brand can't be your best or second best player getting the max deal and I remember when Barrett Davis backed out of that whole thing yep. that was that whole mess and, ma- and now maybe you can be good with him as your general manager but not as your max guy, that's true. I, I mean, but but now does does Kaiwee Kaiwee uh, Kawhi? Mm-hmm. I like to call him Kawhi. Whatever, throw it out there. I like it. Yeah, he's a, not loud enough to push back on. Yeah. It. He, he doesn't <laughs> seem like the kind of guy who'd correct me. But whatever. He's gonna it. love this. He's a big DDFP guy. Is he really? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Who who is? Well, it? then Muscle Tub Team. The NBA. I mean, that's all we talk about. Dirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. So, so are Dirk's Mavs in what was that? 13, 11, 11, 11 yeah. in 11 and Kawhi's Raptors of 2019, who I, it doesn't matter to Golden State fans need to get over this idea that this thing has an asterisk on it. The Raptors fans will never care. Raptors fans will never look back. And 20 years from now, it will be moot to the rest of the NBA world that Clay Thompson got hurt yep. and KD got, that is not something that, that is just not something I believe me, I have tried to push that with some of my teams. Yeah. But if, if Alan Henderson hadn't torn his knee three weeks before the tournament in 93, the Hoosiers definitely would have taken care of business that year. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers it. <laughs> All they talk about is Eric Montrose's uh, UNC uh, against the fab five and, and Chris Weber's timeout and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And by the way, as far as that goes, UNC does not care. Like, yeah, we would have won if Chris Weber wouldn't have done that. Like, yeah, so well, so what? That's what happened. And that yeah. would, it, it's vexing if you're on the wrong side of it. Anyhow. Tell me. Um, I have no idea even where, where I was going. With the Raptors it. and the Mavs. Yes. So are they the exceptions like Joe Flacco? Yes. Uh, they are. So you still need it going forward in the NBA. The model remains big three and then surround those guys. So you've got the 2019 Raptors who had an excellent season and had, you know, a top wherever you want to slot uh, Kawhi. He's one of the great players in the NBA. He's one of the best two way players. Unquestionably, they had a lot of depth. But if you look back over uh, X amount of years of NBA history, they're uh, an outlier for a number of reasons. One, they had, you know, one guy and a supporting cast that was very good as opposed to multiple guys. And two, it was sort of a feel good story as opposed to like that, this dynastic team. Uh, you had the, the 2019 Raptors who fit into that model, the, the 2011 Mavs who certainly fit into that model. And then that like weird 2004 Pistons team with like Rasheed Wallace, yes, Larry Brown, went to coach the, them. the star heavy, or yeah. I mean, like it was like that 10 deep of, 
of superstar name brand NBA yeah. Lakers with Carl Malone and uh, Gary Payton and all those guys, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's who they that, beat. It was that team, right? and that and like that was no superstar. But every other team falls into uh, multiple superstar superstars. Such a weird body, very and strange way he'd fire that elbow into your yeah. face. Rip and, Hamilton and uh, Coatesville's Rip Hamilton, Philadelphia area native. But otherwise, you have you know GSW, and you have the Cavs, and then you had the Heat. You know LeBron, obviously the common thread, and then you had the Spurs dynasty of uh, multiple decades here in the aughts, and then you had the Lakers, and then going back into the '90s, the Bulls, and all of these teams have. That that common theme of, you know, a generational talent or generational talents on the team. And like after a while, they became less fun to watch and root for because they were dominating the NBA for a while. So it's I think the Raptors championship was fantastic. I I enjoyed my time in Canada. People were very excited, Uh, not, you know, notwithstanding the unfortunate immediate booing of KD when he went down and the waving. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a bad form, but the rest of it. Great. Good for them. I hope they're enjoying themselves. Ka- uh, Kawhi leaves. I think so. I mean, it makes it easier now. Maybe he signs a one and one. I think that, uh, Toronto is hoping that he, he signs a one and one and they bring it all back because if they do immediately, they're a top contender. They're probably even the favorites to win the NBA championship again. Hmm. Uh, maybe he does that. However, there's been so much talk about him going to the Clippers and going to Los Angeles, and maybe this makes it easier for him. Hey, I I did what we set out to do. It is the right formula, right? Based on the way they're constructed, there would be no one as big a star, which is a weird thing to say about him because he seems to not like the spotlight himself, but he wants to be the man, right? It. In a way, it's the perfect. I mean, I think Toronto is the perfect team for him because he gets all of that support and adulation without having to do any of like the being the superstar off the court stuff. You know, he doesn't really like the camera. He doesn't really like the spotlight. He doesn't really like the interviews and the media and all that stuff. And Toronto just lets him the whole of Canada just lets him be Kawhi uh, without having to do all that superfluous stuff he could somehow still do that in Los Angeles of all places with the Clippers because the Clippers do that. The Clippers have made an entire career of doing just that, like kind of being overlooked in one of the biggest and most important cities in the country. He could do that here. He would go and they would be the best team, uh, you know, arguably in the NBA and certainly in this city. And yet all the oxygen would be getting sucked up by the Lakers. I mean, that's what I want so bad is for that rivalry to emerge. Listen, I want it in pro football too. And it kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. The talk was more about how many Chargers fans weren't at Chargers home games last year as the team rose up. I hope that maybe some Chargers fans rally around that. I feel like maybe they mishandled the marketing of that really in the uh, uh, close to the same level that LeBron mismanaged his move to Miami. I think that the bones of that were fine. There was there was no issue with that other than the superfluous stuff around it. You know, the it was it would be, as I've said before, here's a great story for America. In the 21st century. Hey, guess what, working man? Guess what we did? We eschewed at the bourgeoisie. We don't need we don't need GMs and owners and all that. At the player level, at the working man's level, we got together and we are forming a super team. Cleveland, state of Ohio, LeBron could have said, I love you, but it ain't going to happen here right now. 
it breaks my heart to do this. I want to bring a championship home. And believe me, when I win that, you are a part of that. You are with me. I'm sorry. This has been a great run. This has been a special time for me to get to play in my home state. Instead, all the fireworks and the, like I'm taking my towels. It's like that was the bungled part. Yeah. In the same way, the Chargers, they just have to say, like, we're not we're not leaving San Diego. We're just we're just embracing Southern California. They right. should have been the, the Southern Cal Chargers, right? SoCal Chargers is a great idea. As somebody who lives in Southern California, I'm curious uh, how much you think of it as the, the Chargers fans not showing up because there was a lot of that talk is logistics. Because when teams are coming in uh, to Southern California, it becomes a destination for the other the fans from around the country to come to Southern California. We live here. It's very nice. Of course. Hey, do you want to go see the Eagles play the Rams? Yes, of course. That sounds great. Why don't we do that? Or, or all of a sudden the bears come to town. People in Chicago go, it's cold here. As we discussed, let's go to Southern California. This is the right time. to Exactly. Do it. That's exactly right. And it's not the same as being a diehard surrounded by provincial supporters of, of your local teams. Obviously in Pittsburgh, it's not populated by no matter how big or small the game there ain't i don't care how close the visiting team is the lions are close it, there ain't a lot of blue and silver fans or honolulu blue fans running around heinz field that's just not the way it operates in la this is there this is a a town where people are from other places before sure. you even talk about making a weekend what oh our team's going on the road oh they're going to be in la oh let's, let's take it that one it's not even just that it's that so many people are from other places but, here but my question for you about the SoCal Chargers uh, it, for ch people who are from here and who might consider themselves Chargers fans. And again, San Diegans have a reputation for being sort of laissez-faire, right? Mm -hmm. But just logistically for us, when we live in LA, I don't, I live on the West side. I go to the, I go to the East side and downtown only to cover basketball games because I have to, because the traffic is horrendous. So if you're a Chargers fan who lives in Santa Monica or Venice or San Diego still, mm -hmm. Carson's far. It's going to take a long time. It's a I'm, weird thing. Like, it's central to all those places. Yes, but convenient to no to one. To nobody. That's right. why I think part of it was, if you're a Chargers fan, you're like, like you mentioned earlier, my friend TV and I might just hang out today. I got to get in my car. I I'd hear you. not. It's transitional. By the way, I can't wait to take uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme to see the, his first mm. Pittsburgh Steelers football game in uh, Carson, California, this, uh, Incredible. this autumn. I can't wait for that. It's also interesting where the two pro football teams are concerned, that L.A. is one of the few sports markets that pro football isn't king. Isn't yeah. that strange? I, I would say that that's true kind of in like Atlanta and maybe Nashville, where the college football college. is maybe a little bit larger. Um, and I think that the Lakers run for L.A., sure. Without more than the Dodgers, more than the Rams, anybody uh, or anyone Unquestionably, else. I think. Right? Like 90% of the talk. What are the other markets where that's so? Uh, New York, for sure. Really? Yeah. Yankees are bigger than the Giants? Oh, for sure. Ultimately, if because you said, like, you got to choose one, New York, split. you can either watch the Yankees or the Giants to the exclusion of the other for the rest of your days. And people would say, oh, I'll take the Yankees. Then. It's it's too split with the Jets and Giants. Yankees have, a, I think, a, a much wider fan base. I think it's definitely the Yankees. When you win 26 well, to some times, degree, that's got to be true with the Metropolitan. The Mets, yeah, right? but, but I, I, I think the I think ultimately the Yankees are king in New York, if, huh. I, had, if I had to guess. I also think in Boston, I too. I was going to say, this Boston? Red would, Sox. Would they fall in? I think it's the Red Sox, too, in Boston. Red Sox bigger than the Patriots? I, huh, maybe so. Gen I mean, the, that's a generational 
experience the Red Sox and they have been super good. Uh, concurrent to the the Patriots being super good. So maybe they didn't, maybe the Patriots didn't overtake them. Let me talk to you about something else. Yes, please. Magic Johnson mm -hmm. has attempted to make the transition from legend, uh, from uh, being a legendary player mm -hmm. to then he coached him for a little bit. That didn't go well. Then he was like, wasn't he a player coach for like a couple of weeks or something? I don't remember if he was a player when coach. He was, he real, was a coach for a he second. Was real jacked and everything. And didn't work out. To look at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, then now he goes to the front office. That doesn't work out. Proving that it is very difficult to be the, to be a icon for a team that then transcends um, the years and the decades and to be to remain that powerhouse, a figure for that one organization. I assert Mario Lemieux is the single most important person to one franchise in at least North American sports history. The only person who could possibly rival that, John Elway. I was going to say, where'd you, where would you throw Elway? Yeah. I don't know. He's kind of it's kind of having some tough times right now. Yeah, not great. Uh, Danny Ainge is interesting. Okay, but not, I mean, certainly not the player. Not like a... He was never, a very good player. Oh, he's not a Hall of Fame guy. Not a Hall of Famer. Would it have to be with the same franchise? Yes, yes. So it can't be just that they had a good, like... Steve. Well, by the way, Gretzky would never, could never, because he played for the Blues, and he played for the Rangers, and he played for the Kings. I mean, how, how would you, who, who do you even identify him with at this point? I, I was just having this thought uh, during the finals with Steve Kerr, not to give away free content here, but just like, Steve Kerr has been consistently... Just really good to better than that at everything he's ever done. Huh. He was a, a, a super useful player in the NBA who was on multiple championship teams with the Spurs uh, and the Bulls. He was a like, general manager of the like Suns. John Paxson before him hit the big shot, the series clinching shot. Massive shot. Uh, Jazz Barkley might have a ring if uh, if it weren't for John Paxson. Might have, and the same deal with the Spurs. And then he becomes a very good color analyst on television. Excellent. Yes. Uh, right. He was a really good general manager with the Spurs with the Suns at a time when the Suns were not good and he helped fix them. And now he's a multi-championship winning coach for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and also, I would submit to you, perhaps the best interview in the NBA. I mean, really, Is he just, really? just a super thought. He's very any funny. Top and yeah. topic, funny, uh, self-deprecating, super topical, uh, somebody who's not afraid to wade into uh, a very charged political atmosphere at a time when I think we need that kind of I'd discourse. love to talk to him. Can you hook he's, that up? He's awesome. Yeah, I'll just call him. Cool. Yeah. I'd love, I'm looking for Kerr coming up on the DDFP. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news here. Hold on for that one. I'm excited about that. Um, any any thoughts you have to weigh in here? The Sixers, the process. I told you, I told uh, Philadelphia fans, this ain't worth it. Nothing's worth it at this point. Now, listen, I say this with as a as from the other side of uh, Pennsylvania, as a Pirates fan, mm -hmm. In this, you know, I know they have some variation on the cap at this point, but it still is the have uh, the haves and have nots. And I say, if you're like a Royals fan, if you get over the hump that one year like they did, now you got to stay quiet for 25 years at least. Like you got over the hump improbably. That's that. Everything went right. And now you can't cry about the state of your team, even if they lose 100 games for the next 15 years. I think that in Philadelphia with the cap and everything else and, and some sense of the uh, of the potential to win a championship, although I, I admire that the NBA, it's hard to be an overnight success. Mm -hmm. I don't like the parody. I don't like the one really? year rise and fall in the NFL. I think the I think the Patriots 
have done the NFL a great favor. I know that everybody likes for marketing reasons and for fan engagement that it's good at the start of every season that that I think most people would say this is a great success that uh, you can say this about the NFL right now as we sit here in June. It's much harder to make a case about why a team's going to be is going to be putrid in 2019 than it is to make a case for a team. Yeah, I can see them getting to the playoffs. How many teams can you rightly say right now? Oh, I know they're going to stink besides the Dolphins and even the Dolphins. Now, what if Josh Rosen is great? What if he turns the corner? Can you rightly say, oh, we know that's a garbage team right now? To, is that to the NFL's credit? Perhaps. But it's also bad. Like the Eagles are, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Patriots have been the through line. They've sure. provided the baseline for the NFL. And if you take that, uh, you take that base, uh, you, you, you take the rhythm section out, which is uh, Brady and Belichick, it's chaos. You know, it's Miles Davis in the uh, uh, playing cool. And now it just sounds like noise to me. I enjoy that about the NFL. Uh, I like the parody. I, I like that we don't know from year to year. Oh, there's always a team that was really bad that all of a sudden is in the playoffs, and you go, where the hell did that come from? In the NBA, that's much harder to pull off. There was an expectation that this would be another Golden State Warriors coronation, and it's certainly to the Raptors' credit. I thank them for uh, heading that off at the pass. I'm glad it wasn't that. Really? I yes. see. To me, it's better. I'm like James Earl Jones at the end of Furled of Dreams. But you won our dynasties, even if you don't know you won them at the time, but you want is 15, 30 years from now to look back and say, I was there for it. I was one of the great marketing campaigns in, uh, in, uh, in in my lifetime was the LeBron, the witness stuff in Cleveland that you were seeing something special, different. That was fun. Trans sure. uh, there's transcendent, no, right? There, there's no doubt about it, but I like the, uh, the intrigue. I like that uh, first there to be some sort of mystery to the regular season rather than just going, Oh, we're going to play out the C82 games because they don't matter. And then once we get into the postseason, it's going to be the Warriors again. And it was to a certain extent. Yeah. What I get we're, that. we're getting now is sort of a reorganization of the league that we haven't had in a while. And yet still, Still, yeah, there's a number of teams that you could pretty much strike them off the list right now. And we haven't even gotten to the draft, which is on Thursday. And we haven't gotten to the offseason. What about culturally, agency. though, about, the, you know, just uh, the overarching from the from the here and now of the sport? What about my point, which is I, I make only with half my uh, tongue in my cheek or whatever about right. the uh, the proletariat. Isn't it good that the players are are, are amongst themselves forming oh. these little super teams? Without a doubt, I'm not going to be traded by you. We're going to talk and we're going to decide where we all go. I'm I'm one thousand percent on board. But for then that. people hated the Golden State Warriors and they hated the Heat for doing precisely that. Take some agent. I'm for players having agency because you know we say that sports are a business and we don't get worked up when when players get traded by teams, but then we do somehow get worked up when players go and, and form their little uh, super teams on their own. Hurts their hurts I, I say go and feelings. do it, no doubt about it. The byproduct of that, however, is sometimes unfortunate. And these last however many years of Golden State Warriors being unimpeded, you know, until they ran into it broke and got weird. hurt, it sucked. Right. But, but of course, uh, and despite the fact that I say the Raptors fans in 20 years, no NBA fan will care, uh, the fact remains... KD isn't hurt. The Warriors whip the Raptors before you even get the Clay Thompson's injury. They, and by the way, Clay doesn't get hurt in Game Six. I, I said before Game Five, 
get ready because Golden State's at minimum taking this to seven. And that exciting rally when Kai, when Kawhi couldn't be stopped for those couple of minutes, he's just knocking down everything. And you're like, well, wow, he's going to pull this off and this is going to be legendary stuff. And I'll be wrong. And then all of a sudden Steph drops at three and then Clay uh, takes that extra dribble as they, as they move it all the way around the perimeter and he knocks down another one. And you're like, the champs are going to do it. Yeah. I, lo- I I'm love. I love. They didn't. I'm I, glad they. Didn't. I talk all the time about Sposta, the curse of Sposta. Mm-hmm. That is a pressure that, and I talk to a lot of players about this. The good play, the star players. We talk about participation trophies and all that. If you're the star and everything is on your back and everybody knows it, mm-hmm. that is more pressure than anything else you can put on somebody. Steph Curry had all the pressure. Uh, if, well, if you're going to save the season here in Game Five, you better do something, Steph, and he did it. Now people are giving him the business for not doing it in game six. But, uh, but I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad the Raptors won. You, you said that uh, in 20 years, nobody will think about it. I will think about it because had and I was there, uh, had one of those four bounces in game seven against the Sixers gone out. Maybe the Philadelphia 76ers are your champions. I like to think of them as the transitive property champions of the NBA in 2019. I like see second best team in the NBA. That's a Nobody fun game to play too. That's another philosophical debate. I in college football and college basketball certainly, and yet it doesn't go into it doesn't go into the pro level. Although it, it it now has for you, I guess. I don't get people who root for like I'm a Big Ten guy. Went to Indiana. Um, in basketball that we, we, we had our years there, not, not, uh, so many lately, but in football, like, uh, well, it's good for the big 10. I, I I'm a big 10 guy. Like th- this self-identifying as a conference guy is a weird <laughs> thing. Why? What do I care? The yeah. Michigan and Ohio state embarrass us. Now I want to see them get embarrassed. I don't want to see, doesn't do me any favors for them to win a national championship. Yeah. No, I hope they get shamed. Like they shamed us that day. They spoiled a perfectly fine Saturday for me. This is a conversation I've right? had with my friends from Philadelphia. I think it's it's pretty split. There are a number of people who were not rooting at all for the Toronto Raptors. But once they did win, everybody went, well, you know, had they uh, they they, pour, they forced the biggest and toughest series of any team that the Raptors faced in the entire postseason. So what's the big shakeup coming in uh, in Philly for the Sixers? Any? I, I think that they're trying to bring everybody back uh, right now. It feels like and. My sense pre-KD injury was uh, Butler would definitely be back and maybe Tobias Harris would end up walking, which is going to, I'm not going to do the numbers thing again, but it would zoom them in the luxury tax and make team building very difficult. Post-KD injury, I wonder if all of a sudden Jimmy Butler like starts to think that now that there's an opening in New York that maybe there wouldn't have been uh, had KD not gone down. Uh, I still think it's more likely than not that he stays and then with Tobias Harris, who knows. But yeah, they're going to try to run it all back because I think they think that, yeah, we did push the the champions to seven games and it was a miraculous circus shot. And why could have been us? Why not? Let's run it back. That is interesting. And now the new vacancy owed to KD and Clay Thompson for the foreseeable future is going to be irrelevant. So Golden State is suddenly out of the playoffs now, probably. It's going to so be So it's Steph and Draymond is the team next year. That's not enough. I I think to be to be a contender at least. Well, so the problem becomes you want to retain it might make it more likely that because KD got hurt that he ends up staying either picking up his option and and just rehabbing on their dime or signing a contract right. to some extent that makes and sense. sticking around. But yeah, you're probably you're definitely not going to have KD at all next year uh one way or the other on the court for Golden State. Clay's going to resign with them, but he who knows when he comes back. So locking in that money 
again, makes building out your roster more difficult. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, Draymond and Steph and a bunch of who knows. Is that enough to get you to the playoffs in a Western Conference that's awfully stacked and very difficult? I don't know, but I, I think like all the things that you mentioned about uh, the pressure is on the main guy. The pressure is going to be on Steph Curry. I, what is Steph but Curry going to do? Is the main guy ultimately, perhaps? And I love the idea. If what's best for everybody's legacy, perhaps minus Steph Curry's, because he's not going to be able to elevate that team to a top four seed or whatever. Maybe they backdoor into the playoffs, but they'll. I, I just can't imagine how good that team could be. You know, barring some uh, miraculous signing or the draft pick, uh, I don't know what would uh, would make them relevant in 2019, 2020. But um, I feel like the best thing for KD's legacy is to go back there and to remind everybody like, oh, yeah, you plug me back in with these guys and we run the table one more time like we should have done back in uh, the spring of 2019. That just uh, further entrenches him as one of the most special players of all time. However, I did say I still go Larry Bird and Magic Johnson over KD at the end of the day. And Larry Bird's a a more direct comp. But I think people bristle at that idea. But Larry Bird, and how about my larger question? Greatest NBA rival. I mean, greatest NBA uh, dynasty. Um, Ever? Yeah. Not. Don't say the Celtics, because that uh, that one doesn't count. I mean. Willie McGinnis sat behind the glass the other day and said that. He said, well, that was the, that was the measure of a champion. But to me, if you only had, if there were only seven other teams in the league, and you only have to yeah. play two <laughs> rounds and win seven total games to win the title. Well, that's not exactly what we're talking about anymore. So I it's think, not really, it's, it's apples and oranges. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why I never get into those like uh, cross generational comparisons because it's so difficult to compare. Like, how do you compare the different eras? There are markers. The style, that you can... the style of basketball is obviously very different. I mean, like one era, the kind of sort of had the three point line once it was folded in, but it was seen as a gimmick. And now all anybody does is shoot yeah, fair. to the rim. And like the style of play is just so different. I, I wonder like, you know, Michael Jordan, who was an okay three point shooter. How, what would he look like in, in today's game? I mean, he's still one of the top two players uh, ever, if not the greatest, you could debate that with whoever else you want. Um, I just wonder, I wonder how you compare. All right. Things. So, who, so golden. So I said last week, golden state over the bulls. And apparently Ryan Hollins has said uh, the same thing this week. Um, and then Shaq doesn't like that. Or, you know, the one people f- sleep on, cause maybe it didn't last that long, but the Shaq Kobe Lakers. Yeah, they were great. Are kind of should be in that conversation. We've moved past them. And, uh, and the, the other one that I, it's funny when I bring them up, people are kind of like, what? Why would you? the eighties Lakers? Sure. 80s Lakers are great. You throw the Spurs of the uh, early aughts and uh, eh. actually even the teens into that. I mean, they did it with multiple teams over, uh, what, 15, That's us cheering years. for a it's coach again. And as I've, as I've already said, well, I don't you, like had Dun- you had Duncan and Manu and Tony Parker were the constants. But so this is not a very uh, I work in sports ethos, but I can't help myself. I don't get very hot takey. Like, I what just a, look at all those teams and I go, they were all very good. I don't you know, like why can't that. They just all be good. Why do we have to pick a best? Spaghetti. Tell them. Tell them that that's the wrong way to think. That's not good thinking. That's stinking thinking, friend. You got to think that way. I, I, What's all of it? All of it is about, like, who's the best? What do you mean? That's what know. the whole. I get, I get very tired of, with, the, with the whole we've got to debate everything and I have to you be right. You don't have to debate have everything. To you have to debate this. What do you mean? This is why we, this is what, what this is our reason. I know. I know. It's a, I, somehow I ended up in this field anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I tuckered myself out in Philadelphia with uh, sports talk radio. Like everything was a hot take. And yeah. One day. Are you accusing me of being a hot taker? No, I'm just saying, you know, I've since mellowed since coming to California. Spaghetti. Am I a hot taker? No, I don't. I don't think you're a hot taker. I think you more of like theories and get dive deep into theories. You don't you're, you don't say like player X stinks because of this. And then like we don't you don't do that. Yeah, I don't. Yes, I don't go after. You're not Skip Baylessing me. I was right. going to say, right. yes, the the hot taker to me is the one who goes after sacred cows and says, you know, you think that team's good or that guy's good. They're not really. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I, I like to look at them and go, oh, they're all very good. That's why you like the NFL so much yeah, right now. Yeah, I like them to the be The offseason is yeah. rich stuff for you. It's fun. Um, all right, listen. Anything else we should talk about? How long have we gone here, Spaghetti? Wait, we, this is a fun you game a that guess, we're starting yeah. to do, is to guess how long. Because I have no... Once we start spinning... Is it Price is Right rules closest to the number without going over, or is it just well, closest to the number? I do a game down at the... Oh, I just told Ross Tucker this, too, or he paid witness to it is i do that at the salad bar down at the huddle here at the nfl i do the the measure and if i guess it on the nose they i it for free well they don't but they okay. should because that's a pretty good uh, carnival trick and i've done it on multiple occasions but um i will say that on this day with the great john gonzalez we have been speaking now 51 minutes over you, you over yeah, yeah john's right you're you're you always undersell way over you, uh, you we're th- way over that times time i'm gonna say we've gone at least an hour if not more yeah correct how long it's almost an hour 10 oh there you go God, i'm sorry 20, hey, 20 minutes <laughs> i said i said he goes uh hey can you come in i said uh, you know how long are you looking for it's no problem it's very busy in the nba right now at uh, 20 30 minutes all right. I didn't say no. Twenty thirty. Yeah, ballpark. I'm gonna look at my. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna <laughs> look at our uh, exchange. I'm pretty Listen. sure that I know myself enough to say thirty-five to forty-five. That was. That was still. We've gone an hour and ten. Feels like a breezy twenty talking to you. I've I've enjoyed it. Hey, so you and the wolf are off on your now annual European swing. Who knows where we're going to go? We're going to get on that plane. We you get can't on that say jet plane. The wolf is too famous now. You can't be. You can't uh, risk letting people know. Rogues know where you're going to be on the big blue marble. She's she's very important out in the media sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do. We try to keep it under wraps a little bit. Uh, but for me, also, I don't know a lot of the logistics because again, it's NBA silly season. We go right from the finals into the draft into free agency. It's madness. She just tells me when to get on the plane, and then off we go. I used, say, I used to say, I used to say that uh, this will sound, I don't know what this will sound, but uh, I used to say about uh, my ex that, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't with her because she was a good uh, cook. I didn't know she was a good cook until uh, later on. And then it was kind of like, I, I used to liken that to the Florida Marlins getting Dontrell Willis mm. and being like, wow, he's a great pitcher. Like, whoa, he's a great hitter. Who knew? Bonus. Yeah. What's it like for you, you and the wolf get together forever ago? You know, sure. you guys have been together. You're, you know, s- you know struggling journalists, or media <laughs> types, whatever, Philadelphia. Right. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if one of us could, uh, could you know, get a byline at the, the Inquirer or get a whatever, you know, get, get a little local show. Now you're both booming. And you're doing great at the ringer, doing marvelous work there. But the wolf has via television and otherwise sort of, you know, she's she's headed to the stars. Like, you know, know, there's there's already there. She's she's 
you know, Chris Berman, basically, you know, yeah. for NFL Network. What's that like? It's incredible. It's wonderful. You're I mean, proud of her? So I get this a lot uh, where people will ask me, you know, when you were mentioning the emasculating part uh, and saying, like, well, your wife is doing very well and you're you're doing fine, but she's doing very well. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. I'm supposed to feel bad about being married to somebody who's very smart, uh, funny, sweet, gorgeous, hyper-successful, uh, I'm happy being whatever I am. But I mean, do you guys sit around? This is amazing. Are you able to sit around at least with each other over uh, over some rosés and say, like, I can't believe this is so crazy. This is awesome. Yeah, we're very fortunate, and we think about that a lot. You talk about that a lot. Yeah, of course. Not like, yeah, this is what, yeah, this was always the plan. People who are like that stink because now they've missed everything. Like, to be like, yeah, I always saw myself here. All right, well, then it was wasted on you, you bum. I've never thought really about uh, where my career is going to end. I've always been like hop from one lily pad to the next and hope not to get my feet wet. And so far, so good. Uh, I will say that this exceeds my wild expectations. And I want to really clarify that all of it is really her. Like 97%, if not greater than that. Pshaw, I say to that, you have done it by your own rights. But I mean, what a it is. I mean, like the thing I remember when I was 20, and it was New Year's and saying to a couple of my friends at New Year's Eve, like, you know, what's funny is we're, we're, we're without uh, girlfriends or anything right now. By the a decade from now, when we if we get together when we're 30 on New Year's Eve, we're all going to be married and we're all going to have children by now. And who knows what city we'll live in or anything else. Mm. None of those things were true for any of <laughs> any of the people I was talking to. But it is weird to think what a trip life is. That, I mean, at, at 20, 25, you would never, I like, yeah, you know where you're going to wind up? Los Angeles. Like, yeah. what? Los Angeles? I would never move across the country for any reason. There would be no reason I would take myself that far away. You I, know? I was, what a crazy thing. You guys are thrive. You're Philadelphia's yeah. first couple. Well, and I don't know about that part, but Philadelphia. Who else would be? I, I don't know. I mean. Eric Lindros I, and his old lady? I would never, I would never uh, throw myself in. All right, I'm thrown on a on a high like it. that. I will say, however, uh, as much as I love Philadelphia, living in Los Angeles, being by the ocean, seeing you and your smiling face, and coming True. on on your wonderful fun. podcast program here, life is good. All right, listen, I don't need to be patronized. I'm I, that's the end of it. <laughs> I, I meant that genuinely. I may have to have you cut that out. I'm Who not, else I'm, would I do I, I, an I, hour and 45 minutes with <laughs> on a rando weekday when I got all this basketball to write? <laughs> listen, dozens of people are going to hear this, and it's going to pay off. You'll okay. see. I'll take All right. Listen, the great uh, John Gonzalez. Uh, make sure you track down all his work at The Ringer, the podcast. Tell me it again. What's it? Heat Check. The NBA Heat show Heat, Heat Check. It, the name confuses me every time. We have individual. I enjoy it. NBA. Sh- we have the NBA show umbrella, and then there are individual subsections. Listen, you don't need my counsel and uh, Simmons either. Uh, you guys are thriving over there. Muzzle tub on that. Uh, more hooey and applesauce coming later in the week. Till then, thin slice ahead. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200 k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.